I'm Edda. I'm Ryan. And this is Work Feels. We acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which we work and live on and pay our respects to Indigenous elders past and present. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the All Staff email. This is where we discuss our pursuits of a better workplace and a better world and our hot tips for life. And this week, we are wrapping up season one. That's right, team. We are bringing season one of the pod to a close. But before that, Edda, what's been happening? Give me a life update and how's work feeling? Oh, life update. Well, I'm pleased to report that I have recently submitted both of my assignments whoop, for my whoop. last two subjects of my psychology degree. Yuz. It's a good feeling. I am so close to finishing this degree that yeah, it's been it's the third year. It's the third year of studying as a mature age student and Whoo, I am so keen to be done. <laughs> Never going back to uni again, I suspect. <laughs> oh, look, I might leave it for a few years at least if I want to go back and do a little master's. But I think for now, I have been satisfied, satisfied on the brain stimulation and the um, no, satisfied on the kind of assessment train. That is actually not that much fun. And sometimes you just think this feels really not that applicable to my life, like writing like a a lab report for an experiment. (laughs) You're like, how am I going to use this? (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so that is feeling really good. And um, yeah, I feel like we are just flying into the end of the year. We sure are. It's been huge. Bryn turned one, which is great. The, uh, the podcast turned one. The podcast turned one. Uh, uh, much to our surprise that we're still in season one after 12 months. But, you know, 13 months, I think. But here we are. Yes, it's definitely been an interesting, uh, an interesting year for uh, consistency, uh, of which there has been none of. <laughs> But that's cool. That's, right. that's cool. Life We're just rolling happens. with it. Life happens. Yeah. But no, otherwise, um, life is really good. Please to report. And work work is also feeling good. I, uh, yeah, I'm gearing up for kind of taking work to another level next year, mm-hmm. as in moving from sort of contracting part-time to something much closer to full-time or even full-time. So, yeah, I'm going to be really stepping up into, like, my big career shoes next year. And Bryn's going to have to really start to enjoy daycare. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully... (laughs) No, he does. That's good. And hopefully not catch as many colds in daycare. Hopefully his his immune system's had a a boost this year. Oh no, you're frozen. When is it gonna come back? When will I be back on the internet? Sorry, it's just a little bush internet. (laughs) (laughs) So, for anyone out there listening, we just uh, lost internet and lost each other uh, for a moment there. As per usual. Per usual. Yeah, so, yeah, Bryn's gonna, 
he's also going to be stepping up into his big boy daycare shoes. So His big boy daycare shoes. How about you, Ryan? How's life and how's work feeling? Life is good. Um, things are getting busy. Um, busy. I think it's just that that time of year that that I'm sure everyone uh, is feeling at the moment too. That especially anyone who works in like project based industries or just generally when clients are like, "Yep, I want to get that done before Christmas," and it's like kind of towards the end of October, beginning of November that you're like, "Oh God, that's in like eight weeks." <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just things are gearing up to the good old end of year slog. Um, but yeah. no, very, very, very happy at work. Um, just completed like a few major milestones. Like I did a really exciting competition. Um, that's still very confidential that's the annoying thing about a lot of my work i can't share so much of it because so much of it is confidential i'm sure a lot of people can also relate to that like i always want to do a linkedin post when i do this like massive amount of work and i'm like cool can't post anything because it's either like confidential or it like hasn't been approved yet or anyway life of an architect but to my absolute delight recently, um, did a comp, did a few other kind of like big slogs of work, which I was really happy to do because I'm actually being credited with time in lieu, like proper oh, recorded wow. time in lieu. <laughs> like, can we time yes. in lieu? Yes. <laughs> Hello. That um, is amazing. It's the first time in my career, no joke, in any workplace that's ever credited me with written down time in lieu. Despite when you work overtime. When you work overtime, yeah. Because typically architects, 99% of the time, it's just your industry. It's just an expectation that you do certain periods of overtime. Um, like it can either be really bad and it, or it can either be, you know, balanced and good. Um, and for the first time... <laughs> My current job, I, you know, have managed to achieve um, quite a balanced work, work-life balance, which I'm pretty happy about. And yeah, getting that like recorded actual time in lieu that I can see and it gets updated with my annual leave and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm so stoked about that. Amazing. Um, and in other happenings in the world of Ryan, um, my partner Marcus, he just got back from New York recently. Um, He's doing lots of international work. So next year, we're going to make a commitment that I'm going to be joining him on some of these trips. (laughs) Um, Hello. Racking up some miles. Um, And yeah, definitely 2024, getting a bit more travel in. Love it. Love it. All right. So, Edda, I thought we would start off the kind of closing ep by talking about our top three moments or things you learnt from Workfields season one. Okay. So, top three moments slash learnings from season one. Uh, number one, uh, the only way to get good at podcasting is to do it and to do it <laughs> live. So... I just realized that, like, if you want to get good at podcasting, you actually need to be rubbish. Well, you don't need to be rubbish, but most people are rubbish, but you have to do it, like, publicly. You have Mm. to put it out there because, like, as if one is going to be motivated to privately launch a podcast for, like, what, your partner (laughs) or something. (laughs) You just have to go in there and just 
podcast and then keep podcasting and keep podcasting and keep podcasting and perhaps maybe one day in the future, I hope, I can say that I am good at podcasting. But right now I'm on the journey and it's public. So thanks everyone for coming along on the journey of, of probably listening to some episodes that one day we will look back on and cringe and just not be able to listen to because it's so cringe. So thanks for being there during that process. <laughs> and I mean, if you're not if you're not cringing at yourself from you know at least I think you give yourself about two to five years. If you're not cringing at what you did five you know six years ago, then you're not you're not really growing, are you? You're not really right. developing. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm excited to kind of wrap up season one as that big season of figuring it out. And not Mm -hmm. we haven't figured it out, but it's it's a process of a lot of figuring it out, a lot of practicing in front of whoever wants to view and listen. (laughs) So, that's that's nice. Uh, Number two learning is that I have really enjoyed editing podcasts so kind of editing that audio and figuring out how to do that I do it on GarageBand if anyone's interested (laughs) so uh yeah it's it's been nice to kind of figure that out and I think that's something that I want to get much better at in season two and who knows one day we could actually get someone in to edit our episodes what a dream come true that would be what a dream in the meantime (laughs) in the meantime I'm very happy with with doing it I think you've done a brilliant job at the edit um, and you have certainly dived in the deep end with editing a podcast. Um, And look, I've had so many compliments from people being like, wow, it sounds so professional, like from episode one. So I I think we've done very well on the editing front. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Every episode we grow and we learn something new. And now looking back... I just had a look at the stats and I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty blown away that people are, are tuning in to listen to us and to hear what our guests have to say. And looking back at season 1, we've actually had over 700 people tune into season 1. Ooh. Which I th- I think is is not bad, not shabby for not uh, too the practice shabby. run. Not too shabby. Um and We've got over fifth, uh, over 70 people who have uh, subscribed or, you know, followed the podcast on that button, which I thought was pretty good. I thought that was quite nice. I don't, I don't know 70 people that would listen to the podcast. So, yeah, but that th- was nice. Thank you to all 70 of you from the bottom of our heart. <laughs> from the bottom of our hearts. We do appreciate it. And we, we do promise to bring, to bring more content and to... Yeah, to really step it up in season two. Uh, and the other thing is that there's listeners from all over the world, which is really nice to see. That. Yeah, you told you told me the countries like a few weeks ago. Do you have the countries there? Because I was quite surprised at some of the countries where we had people listening. I was like, that's amazing. We Yeah, we have Australia, uh, the UK, Norway, Iceland. Thank you to my Icelandic family. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate the support. Uh, New Zealand, Germany, Sweden, and Denmark. And then the numbers get like pretty low uh, in terms of like there's only a few people in the Philippines, a few people in Indonesia, uh, one person in the Netherlands, and 
I'm hoping that's Salka. Hi, Salka. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Salka. Thanks, Salka. Representing the Netherlands, um, Canada, and then the US. Not not a lot of listeners from the US, so maybe we can uh, have a few more of those next year. Maybe we can break into that next year. Come on, US <laughs> market. We're going to break through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's been a really nice kind of wrap up to look back and, um, you know, because you don't, we never know when people are listening, you know, you just put an episode out and just pray that people will find it or find it useful and share it and enjoy it. But you get very little feedback. So you do. It's, it is very strange. It's like releasing like a form of art into the world or like releasing a form of media or whatever into the world. And it's just like throwing it out into the abyss. Into the void, yeah. Aside from having some statistics to look at from your podcast platform and the occasional, like, um, you know, uh, friend making a comment, it's like, yeah, you really don't know how... You don't get that immediate, like, response and that immediate, like, sense of engagement or accomplishment. Like, when when we did Undress, when we put on a show... You, you got that immediate it was like this is happening it's happening for one night there's this many tickets have been sold then there's all these people in front of us like on the runway like and it was that really immediate gratification so I think it's been a really interesting process for us to do something <laughs> that is like the polar opposite and has been yeah. like a really long <laughs> process but yeah <laughs> I think I think we've learned a lot and I think we've done very well All right, Ryan, what are your top three moments slash learnings? So I would say my number one moment was definitely from episode two where we had Irfan and Juju come on and it really just totally flawed and changed and where my perception of racism, anti-racism, the white lens, it was just absolutely like smashed, reformed and presented to me in a new light. Irfan, I could literally listen to him for hours. I just thought it was, like, mind-blowing. And I think it was a very important moment of where there, you know, there is was a sense of discomfort from the fact that I was uneducated and still am to a large extent. There's still lots more that we can all learn. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think it's that necessary, like, discomfort and slightly... Um, uh, confronting like conversations to have and it just made me realize how big of an issue all of that still is in Australian workplaces um, and how much we all need to like keep doing the work to keep improving um, you know not only society in general and these issues but particularly in workplaces and and make and creating you know better cultures like better inclusion like like authentic diversity, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was definitely my top episode highlight. Um, I'd say my second one is probably a general theme that I picked up from all of our episodes and all of our amazing guests that we spoke to is just the, the, the untapped potential that's held in so many workplaces and teams and different industries. Um, and I think, the amount of potential it has to change the world. Uh, sound, sounds a little 
far-flung and airy-fairy, but I think there's so many things that are, like, every time we spoke about an issue, um, you know, that impacts people, whether it's diversity, burnout, psychological safety, these are all issues to me that just hinder people's potential in a workplace. Um, And then I think that then drills back down to... I guess, just human, like, social behavior and connection in a workplace. And how confident do you feel? How safe do you feel? How, um, you know, free do you feel to express your ideas? How how much support are you given? How much, you know, there's all of these issues that I think just limit people's potential in a workplace. And as soon as you start having people hitting, you know, really hitting that stride with their potential and their ideas and their passion and their energy, I just think the potential to change things and create, you know, more equitable, sustainable, diverse workplaces is, is it's just like unlimited. And I think, I think we all just have to focus on, how, how do we create, how do we unlock this potential? Yeah. Which is what I kind of noticed in all our episodes. And my third one, I think echoing your statements, just diving in the deep end with podcasting. <laughs> Goodness me, it's certainly been a learning curve, but it has been super fun and I've really enjoyed it. It, it is learning a new skill as well, which I have found very enjoyable. Um And it was just amazing to see, like, it all come out. It's amazing to see, you know, yourself on on the podcast apps and and be promoting it and then listening to it alongside all the other podcasts that you listen to. (laughs) It is a surreal feeling when you see your little face um, in in the Apple feed or the Spotify feed. (laughs) Um, That was very fun. And, yeah, it's, um, yeah, just been an amazing journey to learn how to, how to talk and present in a slightly different way. Um, and yeah, just, just doing it with you, Edda. It's been a joy. It's been such a joy. I even think just being able to touch base every week, even though maybe we've been like figuring out what we're going to do with the pod or what episodes coming up next, or just kind of trying to plan something Mm -hmm. because we live in different cities. If we didn't have the podcast, I think our friendship wouldn't kind of like be as, lovely and tight as it as it is we wouldn't have as many video calls that's for sure no that's right (laughs) okay edda so to wrap up i think we should talk about what we see for the future of work and taking a look back on everything that we've learned with this season one of the pod what are your look look deep into your crystal ball what are your predictions and hopes and dreams for the the future of work and how you see it changing. Ryan, I'm so glad you asked because um, I am such a fan of the future and (laughs) I've realised that (laughs) this week where my life has sort of been put on hold a little bit where I don't quite know what my future looks like and it's killing me. so yeah, I've really I've realized that I spend most of my time thinking about the future and imagining the future and going through scenarios and it's just it's a happy place for me where I just spend a lot of time daydreaming. Um so I'm really glad you asked that because even though I don't know my own future, I do feel like I like to think about the future of work. And one thing, I actually have two things that I want to share 
the first thing that I think we can expect to see in workplaces in the future, let's go with a two to three year prediction. Um, I see culture as something that is going to be co-created within teams and not in the sense of kind of accidental co-creation, which we see today, you know, teams, they do nice things and some teams manage to create a nice culture. They do things together. They have great rapport and good communication. Um, But I believe that today the culture within teams is kind of accidental and sometimes people get it right and sometimes people get it wrong but I think in the future there's going to be a more on-purpose co-creation of culture within teams that is supported by leadership, resourced by leadership, facilitated by managers and leadership and it's sort of like an open floor where employees feel that they can have a say in what kind of culture they want to create within their team and how they want to contribute to their organization and that they feel safe to speak up when the culture feels off and very importantly they are listened to when they speak up and their experience is taken seriously. So I think that moving from kind of this Um, kind of intuitive accidental culture creation process that we have today which is um, which can be delightful and very genuine and authentic uh, when you have some of those people within your team that you know take that initiative and and do you know whether it's organizing social occasions or whether it's just checking in with people Um, but then you have teams where you might not have those people that are strong with intercommunication skills and initiative and kind of culture just falls a bit flat. So I am really excited to see culture within teams be something that is really on purpose. There's infrastructure uh, and uh, there's tools that people are equipped with to actually co-create that culture together. Mm. And it's really just on culture. I think... I think there's actually a lot of um, there's a lot of value and power in it for a, a, a company or a business. To it's almost like the capital of culture. Like it it is a really attractive thing to have. So that that intentional um, that intentional effort or that intentional creation of a diverse um, you know really robust culture. Um, and there can be many cultures within an organization, like from, you know, small team based ones and then overall ones. But I think, yeah, I would hope that a lot of, um, businesses and organizations are waking up to the fact that culture attracts people almost, almost as much as money. Um, yeah. and, and the resources and the, the type, the physical environment that you work in, I think it's really becoming on par, um, uh, you know, with those other things that make us want a job and a, and a career in a particular industry. Yeah, I think we're starting to see this balancing of power between leadership and employees. Mm. And I think it we're kind of going through maybe a possible, possible kind of teething process where maybe leadership isn't sure about that power. They're not sure that they want employees to have that kind of, um, 
yeah, power to speak up and challenge the status quo. But I think that the future is about this collaboration and co-creation between all layers of an organization where everyone feels that they belong and everyone feels celebrated. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that I think the future of work will embrace. The second is we've heard it on the pod before, but I've got to say it again, the inner development goals. I think that we can certainly see the inner development goals being embraced, threaded, woven into organizations over the next few years. And like the sustainable development goals, we've seen companies aligning themselves to goals, choosing which goals are important to them. And I think we're going to see the same with the inner development goals. They're going to be a tool, a framework that organizations can use to um, be better and create better workplaces and create more um, intentional businesses. Mm. And I think that um, by yeah, people adopting some of the inner development goals, it's, it's really a new way to look at the topic, which I think a lot of people get exhausted by, which is sustainability and how, how to be a better person or a better business. Um, I think the IDGs provide you with this completely refreshed way of looking at it. That's right. Get onto the inner development goals, pop it into Google, find it however you like to find things and uh, yeah, start reading up on it. All right, Ryan, what do you see in the future of work? Okay, so one thing I'm very excited about is the... Now, this is going to sound real airy-fairy, but <laughs> the, the power of bringing your whole self to work. I think through our guests and, and um, conversations between you and I and research that we've done um, all this year through season one of the pod, it's really amazing to see... Uh, I guess the transformational power and and capacity and potential that all gets like unlocked when you can actually bring your whole self to work and you're not afraid to be who you are at work, whether it's your anything, whether it's your identity, your sexuality, your race, your gender and anything allowing you to be your whole self at work. And then it also... Um, hold space for others to also be themselves and I think the more the more genuine people can be at work the more that sense of freedom that you have and that sense of satisfaction that you have with your job just like skyrockets and you you actually want to be at your job and you actually want to um, you know you're you are invested in your career which I think in turn is just going to create um, far higher engagement and far more authentic um, uh, businesses and teams and people um, and yeah I just think it's it's definitely a massive journey um, but I think it really t- it ties into so many things it ties into mental health it ties into psychological safety it ties into you know, your, your own personal journey at work, your, your own ability to be, to be a good leader. Like, I really don't think you can be a great leader if you can't bring your whole self to work. If you, if you're just terrified of, um, you know, being vulnerable or being visible at work 
And then also the like the that power of visibility that we see in more and more workplaces where um you know you should like showcasing diversity and 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 creating <clears throat> those opportunities for for people to show that visibility and connect um it's it's so transformational it's 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 amazing and it's it's like I think it's just leading to far better cultures, far better workplaces. And we don't, yeah, we can try to start to like break away from the old school, like top down leadership and, you know, just respecting working for the man and and a a future focused way of working. Yeah. When I think about bringing my whole self to work as a 20 year old, I, I wouldn't, have wanted to tell myself that it's okay to bring my whole self to work because I probably would have rocked up to work in my party outfit hadn't slept all day super hungover (laughs) and an absolute (laughs) mess and I would be very (laughs) I would I would not would I would not welcome myself into a workplace like that I think what yeah what you're saying is that we can bring our values and who we are, our identity, um, and we can speak our truth at work. We don't want to b- bring our stroppy party baggage, like speaking to Edo when she was 20. <laughs> I feel like it's almost like out of date because young people don't even party these days, apparently. <laughs> apparently. They drink they drink non-alcoholic alcohol and Ev- they go to bed on time and go to the gym in the morning. So, I... Every, everyone at schoolies has been really well behaved, apparently. They're not like the trash bags we used to be. <laughs> yeah, I feel very irrelevant. Yeah, I think I think the idea of bringing your whole self to work is kind of this idea of being able to go to work and not be intimidated or scared about... Yeah. Speaking your mind yeah. and speaking up for what you believe in. And I think that for a long time, people have been silenced and people have been intimidated and uncomfortable at work. And there's a level of censorship and filtering and code switching that is going on uh, yeah. as a as a safety matter. Yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah you're right. The future, you know... It's it's coming. It's just the progress is fucking slow. <laughs> it is. I think it always will be will be fucking slow. But I think it is. Um, it it might feel a bit like blah blah. But I think that by bringing, particularly if you're not a um, white male. <laughs> Um, bringing your whole self to work is is actually you're doing something for the greater good because I think it drives change for the status quo. I think it helps change policy. It helps, um, you know, improve the rights of people who are, you know, maybe disadvantaged in the traditional um, systems that we have in place when it comes to anything like par- parental leave, when it comes to... Um, having to take care of someone at work when it comes to, you know, seeing more diverse leadership, the greater the spectrum of human beings that are just rocking up being like, yep, this is who I am. This is my job. And I'm really freaking good at it. But I also have these needs and those needs should be met by the workplace, no matter what part of the world you're in, no matter what organization you're in. 
Um, because yeah, we're just slowly but surely like breaking away from that traditional capitalism, Eurocentric, white centric um, way of working. Yeah, I think it comes back to this annoying idea that actually the full spectrum of human beings in a workplace actually creates better work. And at the end of the day, that is what benefits freaking capitalism and the patriarchy, which (laughs) is so annoying. It's like, let's do the right thing by humanity, but just as long as it's good for capitalism. As long as those old old white guys get richer. <laughs> yeah, I think we just have to kind of like put that aside and let's just focus on the fact that the individual can come to work and feel great. And I think we can start there. Yeah. And then we can worry about the uh, billion, the billionaires who are making record profits at a time when people are struggling to put food on the table. Um, not mentioning any names, Woolworths and <laughs> like all other big companies right now. And all of the banks that recently made like oh, sev- seven billion plus in profit. And I was like, woof. <laughs> Isn't that just so ridiculous? It's, it's so crazy. Ridiculous. Um, oh, anyway, we won't yeah. whinge about the cost of living because everyone, no. <laughs> everyone is well and truly <laughs> sick of that. But I think that it's nice that, for instance, now that I know in the 2020s that I can go to work feeling a hell of a lot more comfortable than if I tried to go to work in the 1990s. And I think that is a large part of that, particularly around um, being myself and, you know, being a, a gay man and a proud member of the LGBT community at work and being able to talk about that and being able to talk about my partner and my personal life and my family and friends and my culture and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's only happened because every day people have pushed for change and showed up to work and just been like, no, you know what? I am going to talk about it. I am going to be myself. I am going to do this, that, and the other, um, you know, with my, in terms of my presentation and, and show my identity and, yeah, that, that rings true for me. So I hope that, you know, in a few more decades that lots of other issues <clears throat> are no longer an issue in the workplace. Like I think we're, we're getting close-ish to these workplaces where um, most of your rights are really protected um, and particularly in Australia, I think we are starting to get to a pretty good place, totally acknowledging this is coming from my white lens perspective. <laughs> um, but I think in Australia, we're getting to a pretty good place with um, workplace law and policy and protections where, yeah, everyone is encouraged to be themselves at work. And I think that's a really wonderful thing for the future. Okay, Ryan, so what's coming up next for the pod? So, team, we have definitely done some marinating, some thinking, um, some reflecting on this season one of the pod, which has been so much fun to put together. And we have appreciated every single person who has listened so much. Thank you so much. 
Um, Edda and I have learnt an absolute ton um, and we've absolutely loved doing it. And we are going to come back. We are going to come back in 2024. Now, we're not going to put a month to that because, um, (laughs) as you all may know, we're pretty bad at sticking to months, but that'll be a New Year's resolution for 2024 (laughs) timeframes. No, we are going to come back and we have a very exciting idea. It's a slight pivot um, on the uh, structure of the pod and the topics of the pod, but I think it's a, it's a natural pivot that I think, Edda, you and I will um, groove into very easily, and I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Yes. Yeah, we started this um, with a lot of, uh, you know, good intention and ambition to cover quite a lot of different topics (laughs) (laughs) what have we learned it's really hard to cover every single topic in (laughs) related to work (laughs) on earth (laughs) yes and yeah i think we have realized that we have a certain uh area of excitement that we should just stick to you know like we probably shouldn't be talking about inflation and uh things that we don't really know anything about definitely not finance Uh, (laughs) (laughs) even though i did enjoy our finance episode please do have a listen absolutely if you want to know how inflation works um yeah so we're kind of just like returning to our roots you could say and we are going to be coming back in 2024 you can definitely think of this season as our practice run and we do thank you so much for tuning in so so much we love you thank you honestly your patience while we figure out this podcast journey is much appreciated and uh yeah we can't wait to come back in 2024 Woo! All right, Edda. Well, that does it. Season one, done and dusted. With a bow on the top. With a bow on top. (laughs) We did it. Woo! All right, team. Have a wonderful end of year. Yes. Have a happy 2024 start to the new year. Make some good resolutions or not. Or not. (laughs) Whichever way you're inclined, we don't mind. (laughs) And we'll see you in 2024. See you then. I'm Edda. I'm Ryan. And this is Work Field.